Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. This is the Steelers Standard on Steelers Nation Radio and Podcast on Steelers.com. Steelers won their 5-3, but they won the same way that they've been winning for the past two, two and a half years. Let's grab this football team. Let's bring them down into the mud. Mm-hmm. Let's see who blinks first. And well, Tomlin's team's cut their eyelids off, so we know Tomlin's teams mm-hmm. aren't blinking first. Steelers did it again. They they made the game did. look disgusting. They made it look like a rock fight. Twenty to sixteen is your final score, but you leave the stadium and you're five and three, and that's the ultimate trump card, really, for any analysis that you have. You can just look me right in the face and say five and three. Right, that's five and three through eight games is really really stinking good in this league with two losses to playoff teams on both sides of the conference. Only one bad loss, really, on the season so far, Tom. And every single win so far this year has been a one-possession game. And they claw. And yet again, and, they were outgained by their opponents. Yeah, how about that? This the is only eight games. Team, the only team in NFL history since the merger to go through the first eight games, getting outgained in every single game, but come out with a winning record through eight weeks. There will be college theses done on this Pittsburgh Steelers be. team. I don't even know. To like, figure out what, how this makes sense, how they're 5-3 and three and not 3-5. and five. Is it even worth studying because of how fluky it is? Like, There's no way you can recreate that. That's why I think people like you and I pound the table for wanting to see more out of their wins because what you just said. How do you explain it? How do you sustain it if you can't explain? Well, how it's you're clearly doing it? sustainable because it here's, can't be though. Tom, like, you know what it is? This just has to be the longest run of what we've ever seen. Because people are pointing out now, since the bye week of last season, Kenny has played a full season, and this team has gone twelve and five in that stretch. That's that is probably going to win you a division. That's that's a that's an entire seventeen game season. Kenny has started majority of those games, maybe all but one or two. And they've won 12 of 17. And we know every win this year has been a one-possession game. Almost every single one of those wins last year was a one-possession game. Can you explain it? No. Is it sustainable? I'm starting to think... You have to say yes now, I'm starting to think maybe it is. Is it sustainable not because of anything the Steelers are doing, but just because of the overall state of the league? How many teams do you think there are on both sides, AFC and NFC, that... You look at and you say, Steelers can't drag them into the mud. They can't make this an ugly game. A week ago, we were saying the one team that couldn't do it is Kansas City on the AFC. And then they they just just lost to Denver. So is there really... And and San Francisco, the team that the Steelers got completely blown out by in week one, you thought, well, there's no way they can keep up. Newsflash, the Niners were on a bye this week. Guess who's going to have the exact same record at the end of Week 9 as the San Francisco 49ers? That's, that's the Pittsburgh right. Steelers. That's right. And maybe Philadelphia is the only like definitive yeah. team that I say, I think they are 
unattainable for the Steelers in this current formula to win because they're going to put up 30 points. Here's the thing, though, Tom. Sure, they've done that, but haven't they had their fair share of ugly wins so far this season? They have, but don't those ugly wins usually culminate in them ending up putting up a decent amount of points when it's all said and done? Like, when they got into a a fight with the Commanders this year... Mm -hmm. Yeah, they put up 30 points. 31, and then it was 38 to Mm -hmm. 31. No, you're right. So, I mean, like... But they lose to the, the Jets. Jets game. They didn't score that. They many keep points. it close against the Rams. They right. keep it close against the Bucks. They keep it close against the Patriots in Week One. But they've shown that explosion. Oh, for sure. But Kansas City can show explosion. Yeah. Sam so, Fran has shown explosion. So I know we keep coming on these airwaves and wanting more because you you get to nine, ten wins doing it this way. That's been proven. How do you get two playoff wins under your belt? Get to the conference mm-hmm. championship game. Get to the Super Bowl even. We keep wanting more because you need more when it comes to those games. You you need to be able to score up and down the field with teams like the Dolphins and teams like the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals. But the more I see those other teams play, the more I see the league just kind of get pushed as close together into the mushy middle as possible. I mean, you got maybe like one team right now at the top that's elite elite in Philly, mm-hmm. and then you got like two or three teams at the bottom bottom that are just abysmal, have no hope. And other than that, you know, yeah, you might only have two or three wins, but you're frisky. Like, De- wouldn't you classify Denver now as a frisky team that, even though they're yeah. three and five, I don't no, want to play them. They're starting sure. to play better. So the league has always strived for parity amongst all 32 teams. They want every game to matter for every 30, for each market in the NFL, all 17 games, they want it to matter uh, for most of the markets as possible. And they're achieving that more and more each year. And since the Steelers aren't really showing you the signs of turning the page and becoming a modern-day explosive offense, I'm going to try to buy into the fact that this formula could work based on how the league looks this Mm -hmm. year, which is so weird to say because just the beginning of 2023, we thought this was going to be the Wild West, uh, high-shooting, gunslinging affairs Mm -hmm. in the AFC, especially with all these quarterbacks. And... You just haven't seen the best quarterback play across the board, and you've seen a lot of teams show their flaws. Even the one lost Philadelphia Eagles, who we hold up as the undisputed number one right now, has some flaws that I think you know teams like the Cowboys looking to exploit this week and, and try to get a win against them. So uh, the Steelers are a good team, I think, and they're in a league think... where there aren't really any great teams. So... Let's do this, man. Let's ride. This is a big yeah. win. You're five and three. I have a ton of w- wishes to see more still from the offense, from the quarterback position, especially. But man, bleep it. You're five and three. Right. You get to enjoy week nine at home now without the stress of your football team playing and losing. You already went through that stressful 60 minutes. And you're set up very nicely to, at the very, very least, still be in second place in that AFC North come uh, week 10. My pushback on the sustainability argument is you're unsure going into every game. <clears throat> yes, you've come out victors, you know, two-thirds of the time, 12 out of, of 17, but in every single one of those games, you weren't for sure or for certain going into that game saying, oh, well, the Steelers are by far the better team, so they deserve to win this game. Only in a couple of instances, like last year you played the Carolina Panthers and the Indianapolis Colts on the road, the Houston Texans this year, and in every one of those games you probably thought, okay, you're the better team. Does that mean you're 
so confident you're going to run away with a win in any of those games? No. And they lost to the Texans. They kept it close against the Colts, and they kept it close against the Panthers. I I just I, I think it's sustainable, but it, it's not healthy because every week is it's just not healthy to to have to claw and and, and fight your way to a win like that every single week. And I don't know if you had healthy this for who healthy for them or healthy for us in our hearts. Oh, and our, and it's our certainly and, more unhealthy for the hairs. fans, right? I don't know if you had this thought, Tom. And we're gonna talk specifically about you know what we saw from the offensive defense. But when I saw the Steelers march down the field to open up that game and score that touchdown by Najee Harris, <clears throat> I almost thought I'm I'm not am I being punked? Am I dreaming? Because how how am I supposed to get used to playing with a lead in the first quarter in the first five to seven minutes of the game? It was almost like I thought it was too good to be true. It was almost like I thought the Steelers are going to lose this game because they're not used to playing with a a first-quarter lead that's a result of the offense. Well, it is so funny that they spent all this time saying we're not built to play from behind and got to start fast, got to start fast, and they do, and then they do fall behind. And then look what happens. They're down 10-7 at one point. Right, (laughs) exactly. They just fall right behind. They go into halftime with another big deficit. Well, they they, tied at halftime, but yeah. They had to to scramble to tie at halftime. Right. Yeah. No, no, no. They were down by three at halftime because I, Levis had that great drive mm-hmm. at the end of the first half. At the end half, of the first half, half right. Um, but yeah, they were in front, and then all of a sudden— Immediately, almost immediately. Same spot that you've been in in all mm-hmm. these games. But, Jacob, like I said against the Jags, you know, I kind of knew this was the Steelers' game after the first quarter. But that's why that's why after that— Low t- scoring, yeah. After that first touchdown, I just thought, they're going to lose this game because they're not used to having that comfortable lead. And it was gone before you could— before you could blink, and once again you were in that position, and I, I I guess I'm with you too because it was a one possession game. It was a three point game going into halftime. They had shown almost no signs of life on offense after that opening touchdown drive. Sure, they had a uh, another field goal drive um, in that first half, but it was just another field goal drive, right? It wasn't. Another methodical, effective, both run and pass kind of drives that led to a touchdown. And once, a, excuse me, once again, you were left thinking, "God, the Steelers scored their one touchdown of the game in the first quarter. Does that mean that in the fourth quarter, when it comes down to it, if it's not within a field goal, the Steelers are going to lose this game because they already got their one touchdown of the day? They already got their one brilliant drive of the day." And lo and behold, that wasn't the case either because they did two things that you have not seen out of them in in one case over a year and in another case since, what was it, week 15 of last year in 2022. And that, that week 15 of 2022, that I'm referring to is scoring on the first drive of the game. And then the other instance that we saw happen for the first time in over a year was Deontay Johnson finally finding the end zone. I just can't believe that they did both, right? They scored to open up the game, and Kenny Pickett still had enough juice left in the tank to lead another fourth-quarter comeback, game-winning touchdown drive, and this time it was to Deontay Johnson. 
This is Colin Coward from The Herd with Colin Cowherd. Angie's List is now Angie, the nation's largest home service marketplace. They're here to help homeowners get all their jobs done well. Angie has helped over 150 million homeowners care for their homes. Whatever your home project, big, small, indoor, outdoor, come to Angie to connect with and hire skilled pros to get the job done well. Listen, I've got a couple of things in a bathroom in my house. Got to get it fixed. I don't have time, and I'm not good at it. Angie is. With just a few taps on the app, you can have Angie tackle your home service project start to finish. With over 200,000 pros in their network, Angie makes it easy to research, compare, and hire pros to ensure a job done well. With 29 years of experience combined with new digital tools to simplify the process, Angie makes completing home projects really easy. It's your one-stop shop. Angie can help you find the best price for your project by comparing quotes from multiple pros in just a few taps or book services at an upfront price based on local data. They get the difficulties that can come with home projects. They get it. Why not make it as simple as possible? Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I.com or download the app today. I've seen a lot of people on the X and the Instagram, how old do I sound right there? Talking about the offense now, they finally have something going. They finally cooked on the offensive side uh, of the ball. Let me finish. 20 points is nothing to be very proud of, but there were some misthrows in there. Could you have elevated that to 28-31? I think you could realistically yeah, elevate sure. that. I mean, if George Pickens drags his toe. Yeah, that was terrible. But what I will say about the offense, <laughs> they found their identity, I think. And it was the same identity Is, that carried them down the stretch last let year. Me, let me pause on that. Did they find it, or did they just get a glimpse of it and say... It? No, they found it. They, they they will be a run football team. I Tom, promise I hope you. so. No, I promise I hope you. so. No, I promise you that's going to happen. The, the fruit of the labor of committing to the run game was evident in this one and it will be evident moving forward and it was evident last year and this is exactly who they were supposed to be the big key though first down success and i know they passed on first down too it wasn't all in the run game on their first down plays they averaged five yards it's really really easy to you know pick whatever play you want really when you're second and five third and short they were able to stay on schedule for really the first time all season and Although they did mix some run and pass in those first down plays, I think the run game was just such a force through this game. And I think Warren and Harris both, both. deserve so much credit for this win. Um, you know, combining for 166 yards on the ground, Warren with his 88 yards, Nodge with 63 yards. They both well over four yards per carry, 4.3 for Nodge, like 5.8 for Jalen Warren. I think it was 8.0. It, it, it was, yeah, it was. It was just really refreshing to see and people are kind of trying to scratch in their head what why was this different what what could have possibly made this so much more effective i'll tell you what made it more effective you had your best two tackles on the field for the first time all season yeah dan moore is not the best but i think he's number two on this team right Roger Jones is clearly number one one. wow 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 first of all first of all first of all yeah you told your rookie who you have a lot of trepidations, it's well known, to to put rookies in uncomfortable spots. You told your rookie to play the position that he's never really played. And then two he days pl- before the kickoff. And then he played it just as well as anyone has played it. Oh, he played it much better than Chase. Well, I'm saying better than that, and just as well as he played left tackle the first time he got to start at that position. It's just 
remarkable to me how you go from we don't really want to use our rookies. We can't, you know, we don't want to overwhelm them. We want to take things slow with them to 48 hours before the Titans come into town. Hey, Broderick, start taking snaps at right tackle, and you're going to start at right tackle this week if, if it looks good. And then on top of that, Jacob, how do you go? Jerry Dulac pointed this out. Joey Porter Jr., they don't trust him enough to get on the field. They don't trust him enough to get on the field. They don't trust him enough to get on the field. Uh, go and shadow DeAndre Hopkins now. And he did follow DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people pointed out, you know, Steelers usually left, right with their corners, not in that game. No, Joey he was lining up both sides. A lot of the time was following DeAndre Hopkins mm-hmm. uh, across the field. And Dale Lawley wrote in Steelers.com today that Joey Porter Jr. went to Mike Tomlin during the right. week. And he said, I want to be on I number 10. I want to take number 10. And Tomlin was hesitant to do so. You know, Porter said he was worried because I was a rookie of putting me out there in that spot. I don't know why Tomlin decided to do it. I, I don't know what was the deciding factor that pushed him over the edge to say, I will trust my rookie to, to guard a potential future Hall of Famer and somebody that just came off a three-touchdown game. But I'm really glad that he did. I, I'm not going to sit here and be sour grapes and be like, well, it's about time, coach. I'm just appreciative that he did it, and I want to see that to continue to happen. And hopefully, Jacob, he sees throwing Broderick Jones into that fire and him succeeding – Joey Porter Jr. erasing DeAndre Hopkins mm. for the most part in that game. You can really get a lot out of rookies in this league. You can yeah. really Clearly. have rookies step in and not just, you know, be good enough to play and not mm. expose you. They can literally be game changers right. for you. They can change the look oh, of the I mean, if, imagine I Jones changed the look of the running game. Yep. And Porter Jr., for the first time all year, a number a bona fide number uh-huh. one was taken away. Uh-huh. They usually go bananas. No, imagine imagine if it's Pat Pete and Levi Wallace combining for coverage on DeAndre Hopkins. Probably looks like the Devontae Adams game against Devontae the Adams, Brandon Ayuk, Amari Cooper. I mean, the list goes on and on about the number ones who have kind of torched the Steelers' uh, secondary, the, those cornerbacks, Puka Nakua and Cooper Cup, both had decent days when they went up against the Rams. Uh, Calvin Ridley last week against the Jaguars. <clears throat> I I don't know what took so long. It's it's kind of atrocious to think about. It took until week nine for you to finally get comfortable with seeing Joey Porter Jr. go out there. Look, you're happy that they're hap- that it's happening, mm-hmm. but the more that they play now, Jones and Porter for sure. And Benton had a couple of nice plays yeah. as well. Big tackle on Derrick Henry mm-hmm. near the goal line in that game. The more that they play and the more that they look good, honestly, like it's it's good that it's happening, but you should also be critical for the fact that it took this long. Because oh, absolutely. You, can't, you tell cannot. Me, you can't tell me that these guys looked that much different four weeks ago as no. opposed to today. They were good. They were good back then. Not only too. that. So they, like some switch flip, Jacob. You can't even say ago. that they were looking different, but the play you got out of the guys in front of them was so much better. It almost forced your hand. But you're saying it was so much better than the rookies that you had to force yourself to keep the rookies on the bench? I'll actually amend what I just said. It it did force their hand into playing them. They honestly, I think, would still be easing a lot of these people into it if they had any semblance of a choice. Mm -hmm. They have no choice. No, that's what I'm saying is the fact that how could you say that, oh, you're finally comfortable in Week 9 when the play you got out of Chooksakorafor and Dan Moore Jr. and Pat Pete... And Levi Wallace was so much greater than the play of Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. that you said, we don't want to rush those guys in because the play we're getting out of those starters, the veterans, has been completely serviceable when it clearly wasn't. 
Clearly wasn't. Clearly yeah. wasn't. And then on top of that, you get the play of Broderick Jones and Joey Porter Jr. being lights out. Everything that Joey Porter Jr. does is so damn impressive. And Broderick Jones, Broderick both Jones of them. Too. I mean, the, the pool, the pools that he had from the right tackle spot. He is so athletic. For I mean, such a big the dude. the Herb Street was even impressed with how the size was just mm-hmm. overwhelming for him. The touchdown on for Najee Harris, the start of the game. You watch Isaac Ciamalo and Broderick Jones create the biggest hole you've seen Najee Harris get in the red zone, maybe in his career. It's a beautiful thing, and I think, you know... That might have been the easiest touchdown that guy has ever had. any correlation as to why the running game finally rejuvenated itself, I I think it's got to be 77's presence. He was the best lineman, I think. And I think you're comfortable now putting 77 on the right side and keeping Dan Moore at left. Yeah, maybe for the rest of the season. I mean, you drafted this kid as a left tackle. Left tackle's the money spot. Kenny's blind blind side, right. I would like to see him play the position that he was so great at. But Lane Johnson's a Hall of Fame right tackle. You know, mm-hmm. it, it, they exist as well, mm-hmm. and they're just as important. So maybe he just kind of defaults into the right. I think what matters spot. is you found your two. No, no matter right. what, he's. I expect him to be at right tackle this year, if not left tackle. It's going to be right though. They like Dan Moore more than Chooks. You cannot go back to Chooks if if the Packers no. week rolls around and Chooks starts to take first team reps again. I'm sorry, but. I'm gonna. It's just coaching I'm malpractice be right there. Apoplectic on this yeah. microphone. And then same thing you with. You got your two tackles. And same thing. I don't know who cornerback number two is. Joey Porter Jr. is one. Though. I mean, yeah, that's, but it's, that's it's, it's same thing. If you're not seeing Joey Porter Jr. getting regular snaps with the ones throughout Packers week, then you're going to be apoplectic all over again. Now. You also saw the bad with rookies too. Porter Jr. Hansy. Yeah. Some flags. I don't. I don't think. I don't think the call on fourth down at the end of the game was warranted. No, but I could see why the refs made the call. Yeah, um, the call that he the the play that a Hopkins versus a Porter Jr. Right, like that's when it's a veteran who's an All Pro versus a rookie. And I think Porter the play Jr. is so long. Right. He looks like you know Mr. Fantastic out there. Like you're gonna get a lot of calls just about the ref peripheral sees mm-hmm. something a little handsy into the corner of his eye. He's gonna throw the flag. The play where he got flagged twice. Right, he kind of jumped the line of scrimmage and then had the, the face mask. Yeah, face, right. Yeah. That was not. That was clearly not his best play to get penalized. The same guy twice on one play. You gotta know where your hands are. Right. You can't get them up on his face mask. But on. But Tom, to limit when in coverage of DeAndre Hopkins, oh God, he erased him, dude. For one catch for 17 yards. Dude, he. Wa- if you watching him is awesome, dude. He swallows people. Mm-hmm. Like if if you allow him to push you to the sideline, you're done. You're you're going mm-hmm. right. You might as well go to the bench and get a Gatorade because mm-hmm. he just swallows you and uses that out of bounds line. As a second defender for him, um, he looks really good. He passes the eye test for sure. And then Broderick Jones getting that unsportsmanlike penalty. You know, you set yeah, up Will Levis in Tennessee, right. very favorable field position. Oh, not only on that, not only did that 15 yard penalty hurt you, Baza's kick was short. It was a short kick. Um, they started at what their 50 yard line or something like that, 49 yard line. I look at the penalty more so as far as that. Oh yeah, you're just, it, you, you, you cost yeah, your for sure. 15 yards for sure. And, I know a lot of people will be like, well, that's arbitrary. It's just 15 yards on the kickoff. Who cares? I care on that kickoff mm-hmm. when the game right. is when it's the reach. fourth. When it's the fourth quarter after you just scored a touchdown to go up in the game. Gear up with the latest sideline apparel hats or jerseys of your favorite players, authentic memorabilia, custom items, and exclusives you can only find directly from the team at one of the official Steelers Pro Shops located at Acrisure Stadium, the Grove City Premium Outlets, or the Tanger Outlets, or you can visit us online at shop.steelers.com. We've got moneymakers to give out. Feeling good about that win, not feeling great about the quarterback, though. 
We'll get into Kenny's play when we come back. That's on the way on the Steelers Standard. Open a limited-time 11-month certificate at Kemba Financial Credit Union. At 5.25% APY, it's more than triple the national average, plus it's a safe and secure way to grow your money. Visit your local branch or kemba.org slash cd for details. Offer expires May 31st, 2024. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. $500 minimum and $250,000 maximum deposit. Advantage status required. Comparison based on bank rate average. Federally insured by NCUA. 